Today we are so fortunate to have Her Grace Jayashri Mataji from Nirvindavan, West Virginia and Mataji will enlighten us on topic Srimad Bhagavatam 5.2.6. So please take over the call Mataji, Hare Krishna. All right, good morning everyone. Hare Krishna. Please accept my respects. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we are reading from the beautiful Srimad Bhagavatam, chapter 5, oops, Canto 5, text, uh, Canto 5, chapter 2, text 6. All right, this is a really long and extensive Sanskrit, isn't it? So, do we have our, any Sanskrit scholars that would like to attempt this wonderful verse? Yes, Hare Krishna Mataji. I'm not a scholar, but I will try. <laughs> this is a pretty big word. If you can do it, you get an A for this. This is really big. Tam eva va vidurei madhukari viva sumanasa upajag grantim divija mano nayana ruta durukhair gati vihara vikra Vida Vinaya Valoka Suravaswara Kshara Vayarve Manasi Nunam Kusuma Yudhasya Viva Vidhar Tim Vivaram Nijamukha Viva Litam Puta Savasahasam Hashana Muda Madanda Madhukara Nikararo Parodhina Drutapada Vinyasena Vargu Spandana Nastana Kalasha Kabarabhara Prashanam Devim Tadavalokyanena Vivutta Viras Visa Rasya Bhagavato Makaradvajasya Vashamupa Nito Jadavidhiti Hovacha Oh, Hare Krishna. Like a honeybee. Shum, <coughs> Shumana Saha, beautiful flowers. Upaja Gri Rachim, smelling. Divija, of those born in the heavenly planets. Manuja, of those born in human society. Mana, the mind. Nayana, for the eyes. Adalat, pleasure. Dughali. <clears throat> producing gati by her movement, vihara by pastimes, rita by shyness, vinava by humility, avaloka by glancing, <clears throat> susarva aksara by her sweet voice, avayavahi 
by the limbs of her body, manas, by, in the mind. <clears throat> Naranam of men, kusam ayadasya of Cupid, who has a flower arrow in his hand. Vidadatim, making. Vivaram, oral reception. Vijamukha, of her own mouth. Vigalita, pouring out. Amrita asava, like nectar like honey. Sahasya, <coughs> in her smiling. Basana, and talking. Amoda, by the pleasure. Madan. Adaha, blinded by intoxication, Mudakara of bees, Nikara by groups, Uparatena, because of being surrounded, Druta hasty, Pada of feet, Vinyasena by stylish stepping, Valgu a little, Spandana moving, Stana breast, Kalasya, like weapon. Allah, sorry, like water pots. Okay. Kabara of her braids of hair. Bara, weight. Rasanam, the belt upon the hips. Devim, the goddess. Tatva Avalokanena, simply by seeing her. Vivrata Asvasaya. Taking the uh, opportunity of Bhagavata, of the greatly powerful, Markara Davyasaya, of Cupid, Vasam under the control, Upana, Upanita, being brought in, Jagatvat, as if stunned, Eti, thus, how certainly, Uvacha, he said. Translation Like a honeybee, the Apsara smelled the beautiful and attractive flowers. She could attract the minds and vision of both humans and demigods by her playful movements, her shyness and humility, her glances, the very pleasing sounds that poured from her mouth as she spoke, and the motion of her limbs. By all these qualities, she opened for Cupid, who bears an arrow of flowers, a path of oral reception into the minds of men. When she spoke, nectar seemed to flow from her mouth. As she breathed, the bees, mad for the taste of her breath, tried to hover above her beautiful lotus-like eyes. Disturbed by the bees, she tried to move hastily, but she... But as she raised her feet to walk quick, quickly, her hair, the belt on her hips, and her breasts, which were just like water jugs, also moved in a way that made her extremely beautiful and attractive. Indeed, she seemed to be making a path for the entrance of Cupid, who is most powerful. Therefore, the prince, completely subdued, by seeing her, spoke to her as follows. Purport by Srila Prabhupada.
how beautiful how a beautiful woman's movements and gestures her hair and the structure of her breasts hips and other bodily features attract the minds not only of men but of demigods also is very finely described in this statement the words the Divija and Manuja specifically emphasize that the attraction of feminine gestures is powerful everywhere within this material world, both on this planet and in the higher planetary systems. It is said that the standard of living in the higher planetary systems is thousands and thousands of times higher than the standard of living, of living on this planet. Therefore, the beautiful bodily features of the women there are also thousands and thousands of times more attractive than the features of the women on the earth. The Creator has constructed women in such a way that their beautiful voices and movements and their beautiful features of their hips, their breasts, and other parts of their body attract the members of the opposite sex both on earth and on other planets, and awaken their lusty desires. When one is controlled by Cupid, or the beauty of woman, he becomes stunned, like matter such as stone. Captivated by the material movements of women, he wants to remain in the material world. Thus one's promotion to the spiritual world is checked, simply by seeing the beautiful bodily structure and movements of women. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has therefore warned all devotees to beware of the attraction of beautiful women and the materialistic civilization. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu even refused to sing Pratyaparudra Maharaj because he was a very opulent person in the material world. Lord Chaitanya said in this connection those who are engaged in the devotional service of the Lord because they are very serious about going back home back to Godhead should be very careful to avoid seeing the beautiful gestures of women and should also avoid seeing persons who are very rich. Alas, for a person who is seriously desiring to cross the material ocean and engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord without material motives, seeing a materialist engaged in sense gratification or seeing a woman who is similarly interested is more abominable than drinking poison willingly. Chaitanya Charitamrita Matilila 11.8 one who is serious about going back home back to Godhead should not contemplate the attractive features of women and the opulence of rich men. Such contemplation will check one's advancement in spiritual life. Once a devotee is fixed in Krishna consciousness, however, these attractions will not agitate his mind. Wow. Om Agyana Timurandasya Gananjana Salakaya Chakshrun Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasai Bhutale 
Shimati Bhaktivedanta Swamiti Namini. Namaste Sarsati Devi Gurbani Bacharine. Nirvisesa Sinyavari Bhashati Deshatarini. Sri Chaitanya Mano Vistyam Stapitam Yena Bhutale. Sayam Rupa Karat Mayam Dharati Svaparanti Kambande Ham Sri Guru Sri Yuta Parakamalam. Sri Gurum Vaishnavamscha, Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana, Raghunatam Tam Sajivam, Sadaitam Sabadutam Parijana Saitam, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita, Sri Vishaka Nitamscha. Hey Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandhu Jagatate, Go Pesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate. Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavanisri Rishavanistitu Devi Pranamami Hari Priya Vanchakalpa Trivashta Kripa Sindhuveva Chapati Tanam Pavanabhya Vaishnavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavav
such a sweet girl. She came over and she said, you know, I want to know how I can move into the temple for some time and learn. You know, it's like it's just become the norm of the exploitation of the beautiful features of women. It's unfortunate. Um, so the way the society is working is, is unfortunate. It's unfortunate for the men. It's unfortunate for the women. When Srila Prabhupada first came to America, of course, he walked right into this type of atmosphere. He came from Vrindavan. I mean, even now when you go, well, right now I don't know, but when I went the last time, the women still had their head covered. They were, you know, not in your face with their bodily beauty. And Prabhupada walked right into an atmosphere where the the women were like half-dressed. It's uh, the hippies. The hippies, they could do anything. They had no training, no chastity. The women wore whatever they wanted, and the men encouraged that type of action. So Srila Prabhupada trained them like he was their father, you know, like training them from a young age. Um, and he didn't go right for their dress. Prabhupada didn't train like that. He just nourished them. When I met Srila Prabhupada, I think I told you the story, when we went on the first Harinam, I had a mini dress on. And, um, and I wanted to walk with Prabhupada. So I was walking with him, because he had been so nice to me that, you know, the few days before... And he stopped and he put his umbrella down on the ground. And he looked at me and he, he said, Do you not know you are a woman? It was like when he said that, this whole block of knowledge just shot through my consciousness. Like, wow, yeah, don't you know? Don't you know you're a woman and the way I was dressed? And it's like I felt embarrassed, actually. So, of course, I never wore a mini dress after that. But... It was very mildly said, and said to me at the perfect time, and I got it. I got, well, at least as much as I could, I got what he was saying. He wanted the ladies to wear sarts, right? The first time I put on a sari, I felt, wow, this is perfect. This is what I should be wearing. And I covered my head, and I felt, wow, I felt so protected. I just thought this is just incredible. Just to change your clothes, your whole consciousness changes. It was beautiful and it was comfortable. So as we grew older in our Krishna consciousness, we learned more about the proper workings of society, how to dress, how to act in a chaste way, and we grew in culture. Srila Prabhupada knew that those that were coming to him were generally innocent, misled. So he was really patient. And like I say, he didn't go, it's not like when you met Prabhupada, he was like all over you. Well, what are you dressing like that for? And why didn't you do this? And how come you're talking like that? And don't you know you should be doing this? Nothing like that. Prabhupada was just like the most kind, sweet father, just trying to keep us in his association and at the same time 
patiently guide us to the path of human society because the lifestyle was like animals actually um, when Prabhupada first met some of the devotees I've heard the stories and some of them became actually pretty um, well-known and leading devotees in our movement some of them didn't even have clothes on Prabhupada went to this one hippie farm where nobody wore clothes and uh, from my understanding that's the first time Prabhupada talked to them they were not dressed properly but that didn't stop Prabhupada he like he says at the end of the verse um, uh, in his purport he said once a devotee is fixed in Krishna consciousness however these attractions will not agitate his mind so Srila Prabhupada and he said it before he said I could be in a room of a whole room of naked ladies and it wouldn't agitate my mind so I mean what a great goal you know what a great goal to continue in our Krishna consciousness so that at some point we will not have attraction for sex life um, or the attraction the material attractions of this world it's amazing that the maha mantra simple the maha mantra simple bunch of words and prasadam and the association of devotees could purify people so quickly actually and so extensively and Omalati told me the story one time that there was this maybe it was in San Francisco there was this group and they were all chanting with Prabhupada and this one girl um, I don't know if you've ever been around hippies but the new age people are kind of similar you know she was dancing to the kirtan but it wasn't the regular Prabhupada Swami step that he introduced it was like all of the sensual kind of movements of her arms and she started taking her clothes off and Malati said so I just danced right over to her and kind of moved her aside and either redressed her or you know kept her dressed somehow or other you know but this is this is what this age is like you know the people just have no idea there's no culture I mean some countries we see that there is there is a standard of chastity in the society at least superficially with uh, heads being covered Prophet said that his his mother wouldn't even go next door without being in a palanquin I mean that's really amazing and that's not all that long ago anyway if we want to keep our ISKCON society on the right track we want to make sure that our association isn't unnecessarily inviting to others in the in the wrong way we want to attract people to our movement so that they can become purified because of our chastity 
and um, the, our, our culture. It's so important. It's so important. And, and the, the so-called men of society, which is really, it's really unfortunate. We constantly see in the news this leader or that leader or this, you know, the um, sports people, sports stars and movie stars, for lack of attraction to God and pastimes of great saintly people, the people are attracted to these stars and sports stars. And then we have to hear over and over again these politicians. Like, they're just degraded. We have to hear all their exploits and some of them go to prison because of their their Im improper activities. How sad. How sad when the leaders of the people are lower than animals and, and misguiding people. So what can we expect of the society and things that are allowed uh, in commercials, in movies, in children's movies, in cartoons, in billboards, in magazines? There's just no no uh, doubt that the society just cannot get started in a spiritual way. So I was looking up uh, some different places where Prabhupada talks about this particular subject matter. In a letter to Srupadana Dar 1975, Prabhupada said there are two kinds of men, Dira and Adira. The modern education is producing only Adira class who are neither sober nor educated. Therefore, the majority of the population cannot understand how the soul is transmigrating from one body to another. They are only interested in wine, women, and under the impression of the bodily concept of life. Where else would you hear something like this? You know, it's the poor innocent people on the street. They're just bombarded by untruth, improper standards, pollution, you know, spiritual pollution. And as soon, like Prophet says, the books are so powerful that even if you touch them, you get some benefit. What to speak of giving someone a book and having them read something like this? It's like, wow, yeah, that's what's wrong with our society. The people are only interested in women and, and wine. And, and so they're, they're like animals. They're, they're uneducated. You know, just a little bit of hearing from a pure devotee has a great impact on people. And we see in the history of ISKCON, devotees that found a book or a page from a book or, or ran into someone, even at a bar, I've heard, and just heard from them. I know <laughs> there was this one lady when we were in Waikiki years ago doing Harinam. We'd go to Waikiki every day, and there's this one girl that would come by and just scream and yell at us and call us names, and she was on her way to work. 
and she would just blast us. And it was like, oh, you are just such an arrogant woman. What is your problem? But then some years later, she showed up, or maybe it wasn't even years, maybe it was just a year later, she shows up at the temple. It's like, what are you doing here? You know, we expected her to start cursing at us and stuff. And she said, no. She said, I met this devotee, this obviously fallen devotee at a bar. <clears throat> and he just, you know, he was just like this handsome guy. And she started talking to him. And she realized he was one of us. But he started, maybe he started sharing with her before she realized she was part, he was part of our group. But he was living outside the temple. And she was so amazed of who we actually were, not just this crazy group with bedsheets on, jumping and chanting in the streets, that we actually had some great knowledge behind us, that she ended up getting initiated. And she, you know, and she was with a sari with her head covered. And, you know, it's just, it's the, the potency of these great souls and this education, this spiritual education just cannot be minimized at all. Just, uh, so, um, most of the people in the age are Adira. They're neither sober nor educated. And, I mean, they're educated. They can have a PhD, and that's wonderful. But if they are the lowest of mankind and acting on an animal platform, really, what is the value of their education? You know, death is, death is coming today or tomorrow. We really... I had a nice wake-up call. Well, it wasn't really very nice. Wake-up call the other morning. I woke up. My blood pressure was like 196 over 96, and my heart was pounding. It was like, wow, just out of nowhere, you know. And uh, fortunately, I got an appointment at my doctor, and I went. And But I'm just saying that, you know, we don't know what's going on inside our body or inside our brain. A friend of mine, um, she had just opened a wonderful art store in St. Augustine maybe two, three years ago. She and her husband, and they were getting ready. I don't know if it was the first day they were open, the second day they were open. She had an aneurysm in her, in her kitchen and just was gone just like that. She was in her 60s. You know, we just don't, we don't have a lot of time to... And neither do the people. It's not to scare us. It's to make us aware that we don't want to waste time. It's not like, oh, I'm so scared because I, I, I'm going to die. We know we're going to die. We don't know when. But we want to keep ourselves, you know, serious so that we don't waste time in unnecessary things as much as possible. But, um, but the people in general, they're in the same situation. And they don't have this guidance and knowledge to fall back on. They think they're this body. They, they don't know what's going to happen at the time of death. And it's, it's not a good situation. Thus the compassionate souls like Srila Prabhupada coming into the world at the request of Lord Krishna and Lord Chaitanya to, to save 
to save them from this most unfortunate time. Like Prabhupada says, most of the people are Aradira. They're neither sober or educated. And uh, then they act like animals. You know, the, the women are, are alluring men and the men are acting in such a way that anything goes. And so we have such a low standard of society. Just like animals. Actually, some of the animals don't even act like that. <clears throat> it's actually very sad. It's a lack of training. And um, that's our job. We are the trainers. The Hare Krishna movement um, is there to raise people. Going out on the streets, giving books, talking to people, whatever opportunity we can figure out. It's our, it's our good fortune to be able to help. So in a letter to Ramishwar in 1976, Prabhupada said, in the material world competition, in the material world competition, one thinks, my competitor can do so much. How can I bring him down? In the spiritual world, there is appreciation. He has done so nicely. I could not do so well. Just like in the material world, there is attraction between men and women. And this attraction is stronger than anything else. In the spiritual world, there is also beautiful men and women. And there is attraction. But this attraction is not stronger. Is not so strong that the attraction, as the attraction for chanting the Lord's glories. I thought that was quite beautiful. You know, in the material world, the biggest attraction is the uh, attraction between men and women. But in the spiritual world, the attraction between men and women is there, but not as much attraction as there is for Krishna. <laughs> so in the um, third canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Prabhupada says, the infatuation and bondage which occur to a man from attachment to any other object is not as complete as the resulting from attachment to a woman or to the fellowship of men who are fond of women. Attachment to women is so contaminating. And, and it's not that the women are bad. It's that illicit attachment to women is so contaminating that one becomes attached to the condition of material life, not only by the association of women, but by the contaminated association of persons who are too attached to them. There, there are many reasons for our conditional life in the material world, but the topmost of all such causes is the association of women, as will be confirmed in the following stanza. In Kali Yuga, the association of women is very strong. In every step of life, there is association of women. If a person goes to purchase something, the advertisements are full of pictures of women. The psychology, psychological attraction for women is very great. And therefore, people are very slack in spiritual understanding. The Vedic civilization being based on spiritual understanding arranges association for women very cautiously. So what does that mean? We go out in the society, we pick up a magazine, we go online, we it's just like
totally in your face. Everything is advertised by sensual men and women. And wealth. You know, oh, the fancy car and the fancy crystal chandeliers with the, you know, it, lusty. It's a lusty advertisement. And so the poor people are just like, you know, beat, beaten down by this mentality. Prabhupada was giving a lecture in San Diego University in 1972, and a lady guest said, um, what is the place of women in the Hare Krishna movement? Prabhupada said, what? And the devotee answers, what's the place of women in our movement? And what was Prabhupada's answer? Prabhupada said, well, according to the body, there is distinction. But as soul, there is no distinction. One who is learned, he sees everyone in the same level. Living entity. Not only men, women, but also animals, dogs, cats, everyone. That is wanted. <coughs> Pandit means he who sees the soul just like we are speaking and you are hearing now I am not seeing <clears throat> what is your dress I am seeing a human being you're also seeing me not my dress similarly those who are actually learned they do not see the body they see the soul within the body part and parcel of God that is actual vision not this body and because we have got bodily concept of life, <clears throat> therefore we are thinking, I am greater than you, or you are greater than me. Like that. This is bodily concept. So bodily concept will not help us for advancing in spiritual life. In the Lilamrita Prabhupada is talked about, when the last guest left, Several of the women devotees asked Prabhupada about the actual position of women. His women disciples, he smiled. When a woman becomes Krishna conscious, he said, her brain is automatically bigger. The devotees laughed. As he smiled, his devotees understood him perfectly. Whoever became a devotee, man or woman, became more intelligent. Actually, I have a letter. I should have pulled it out from Srila Prabhupada. And he said that I was very intelligent. So, knowing that I'm not materially very intelligent, I understood that he was saying that I was intelligent for coming to Krishna consciousness, that I had a higher intelligence. <laughs> Prabhupada saw beyond the designation of the body. He saw that the criteria for intelligence wasn't material one's sex, one's race, one's nationality, but was one's desire for spiritual life. A woman devotee asked Prabhupada a further question about the position of women, and he replied, Of course, you are not a woman. You are a devotee. <laughs> so in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it says, A devotee's most formidable enemy is association with women in and enjoying spirits. So I thought that was 
very significant because back in the beginning days because we would hear these things and because we were so uneducated um, the men were not so nice to the women they were like shunned you know a woman oh you know one of the girls, one of my good friends, she said that the temple president where she was many years ago, the woman had to cover their whole face. And they, if a man walked in, they had to like turn their face. They couldn't talk to any man. They had to leave the room. It was like someone totally misunderstood, you know, the higher teaching that Prabhupada was giving. So, uh, but you see that Prabhupada does preface it, that the most, a devotee's most formidable enemy is association with women in an enjoying spirit. Oh, that makes so much sense. Because Prabhupada himself, although he was a dira, um, a, a non-disturbed person, a person who was actually advanced, he... Um, he taught people in a certain way, and it wasn't that they should shun or, or disrespect women, but disrespect their own enjoying spirit was more what he was talking about. So we see so many of the devotees that have been fortunate enough to be around uh, from the time and that who met Prabhupada and did service for Srila Prabhupada in the beginning, those that are still around, I mean, many of them are not perfect. Granted, it's, it's easy to slip into unnecessary activities. But those who have stayed the course, we see have, have become ladies and gentlemen. And their consciousness is above that of mundane um, enjoyment and they see the world through the eyes of Srila Prabhupada and the great teachers of the past Prabhupada's books are very powerful they change the consciousness they change our heart sure they're always going to be oh what is the word um, um, I don't want to say disagreements but different angles of vision of things like there was a talk last night by His Holiness Jayadoita Maharaj here in New Vrindavan he was talking about Kirtan standards um, now sometimes you hear people you know they're using things that Prabhupada said at different times so it's an education and then you find other people that use that same knowledge as more of a weapon you know to make a point to to push forward their their view on how things should be and when we see that particular mentality it it discourages other people like when they talk about uh, some of our youth and their kirtan you know okay so it's not not maybe exactly in line with what Prabhupada said on this occasion or that occasion but hey, they are doing kirtan. 
and they are spending hours and hours chanting and glorifying the Lord. So we have to choose our way of dealing with these different... Um, there's, a, there's a word I can't quite find. You know, when there's a difference of opinion about different things. We want to choose the side that is in the mood of Srila Prabhupada with the patience. You know, Prabhupada may have stopped the kirtan in one place and said, you don't sing this or you do it like that or you don't dance like this. I know he did that. But he certainly didn't do it with a mood of uh, beating people down. And he certainly didn't do it all the time. It's not like every kirtan he was stopping and saying, hey, you, stand like this. Hey, you, sing like that. No, that's not the right tune. No, you said that wrong. Prabhupada wasn't doing that. Otherwise, how would he attract so many people to him? His attraction was his patience and his kindness and his, his way of teaching. So we have the job also. We've been given the service to help teach the people. But we have to be careful to follow in the mood and with the love and the care and the compassion and patience of Srila Prabhupada as much as possible. We don't want to become the, the devotee that starts beating everyone down with their so-called knowledge because that really doesn't help anyone. And then the, the people that teach like that become they themselves ostracized by people. Anyway, um, Prabhupada was, was called the Acharya. Acharya, excuse me, could you mute? Whoever's not muted, could you please mute? Um, the Acharya means that that person that has an example. Example of how to live, how to deal with others, how to teach. You know, so Srila Prabhupada was that type of person. He was an example, and his example was very pure. Excuse me, can you please mute? Please mute your computer or phone so we don't hear your conversation. would be easier. Thank you. So, we are nearing the end here. And I'm sure everyone has a lot to do. If anyone has any questions or additions or comments, um, would like to add anything to the class, that would be nice. Did I put everyone to sleep? Hare <laughs> Krishna, thank you. You're always my saver. You always come on and... Let me know that, that I'm not alone. <laughs> and I'm just thinking that, you know, I hope, uh, you know, I just want to uh, like comment because the class was so wonderful and, and especially your own experiences uh, you mentioned, you know. I wanted to ask one thing like, uh, you know, this is also related to like the woman beauty, whatever, how they have mentioned about different aspects of a woman and how a man can get lusty. Right. So, what, what does Srila Prabhupada say about the hair? I mean, I know Prabhupada said that a lady should always tie their hair. So, there's one way is like, you know, we tie a hair and leave a ponytail at the back. You know, especially if you have little longer hair. 
right. or should it be tied in a bun? Because now you mentioned also one line about uh, the, you know how the head was covered with a cloth. So uh, it is like the beauty of a woman lies in the hair also. So that's why she should keep her head covered and also a little bit about uh, you know hair should be tied or what did Shri Prabhupada say about that? Well, my remembrance is always that the women always had their hair tied, not even in a ponytail where their hair was still hanging out. Their hair was always braided or in a bun. No one's hair was ever loose back in the old days that I remember. Um, and yes, everyone's head was covered. Generally speaking, it was something that's been gotten away from for sure. I know that. I even see some of my god sisters with their hair down or, you know. Anyway, I'm not one to criticize or say anything to anyone on that level, but I see that we have become slack in this uh, connection as a society, you know. Having the hair out, uh, earrings showing. Uh, anyway, I, I think it's maybe back in the day, but it was when Prabhupada was present. You know, when Prabhupada was present, that's how they dressed. They dressed with their head completely covered. And uh, Prabhupada never said, oh, well, why don't you uncover your hair? He didn't, you know, he was satisfied with that. It is an important thing. And I have to say, even in the Catholic Church, the standard used to be, of course it's not now, unfortunately, the standard used to be that women, when they went into the church, had to cover their hair. They covered their head. And then it, they, they wore a hat or they wore a scarf. The older, older women always wore a scarf. They had their head covered. Mary had her head covered. It's, it's a logical thing. Chastity means the woman isn't seen. It is a, a sign and a consciousness of chastity in every culture. And uh, unfortunately, uh, with the advancement of Kali Yuga, um, people become slack. And it's unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate. Very rarely do you see a woman with her head covered in the temple um, or in the church. You know, it's like that idea of being attractive to people has to come out no matter where, no matter where we are. And that's unfortunate because the temple, especially all of our life, but a temple especially should be a place where we're not trying to attract people to our feminine beauty. And, you know, it's just, to me, it's kind of a, kind of a sign of the times, which thinks it maybe could be changed a bit. Anyway, it's an individual advancement. You know. And if, if women are old, I guess that's one thing. You know, who's going to look at an old, wrinkled woman anyway? But when women are young, I mean, I remember, because I was uh, a, a single, alone, not single, but alone, yes, woman for many years. 
from the time I was like 35. And I almost always had my head covered and I always felt uncomfortable in a room with, with men, you know, because you, you can feel this, you know, it's just a natural attraction. So I always felt more comfortable with my head covered or not being in the presence of a group of men. It's like a subtle thing. I remember reading an article one time in a magazine at a doctor's office or something, and it was saying how they were giving psychological, some kind of psychological training for girls that were shy. In other words, they were trying to get the girls that were shy to not be shy. It's like, I was thinking, what on earth are you guys thinking? This is ridiculous. They were actually trying to stop the shy and chaste girls from being like that. To be more popular. It's like, what does that mean in our day and age? Popular. It means that you're carousing around with all kinds of guys. And you have different boyfriends or, you know, it's like, it's just sad. It's sad. Anyway, we want to make sure that our ISKCON society stays on the right track. <laughs> All right, anything else? Thank you, Mataji. And also, it's like uh, you mentioned about the shyness. Uh, you know, it's like very abnormal in the material world that if a girl who's young doesn't have a boyfriend, yeah, that's seems like something is wrong with her. Yes, that's, that's sad. Actually, it's sad because it's. I mean, the. I mean, from what I remember, Prabhupada said, the farther west you go, the more the atmosphere is contaminated. So here we are in the west. You know, I'm sure there are places and societies where that's not the fact that the girls have boyfriends. It's just, um, it just leads to so much unnecessary, and no one's happy. No one's happy. Yeah. Anyway. Mataji, uh, one more question. Like Prabhupada has mentioned in his purport, that one is the woman, and I understand that, but even the riches, right? How Lord Chaitanya was avoiding one of a name with the P, I don't know. Uh, Prataparudra. Yeah. He, he, Prataparudra was the king he, of Arisa at the time. Yeah, he didn't want to meet him because he's like a, was a rich person. He so called, He called uh, a pound shilling pence man. He said, if you want me to meet this pound shilling pence man, I will leave. He was going to leave Jagannath Puri. Hmm. But then but then in time we know the story that the king dressed in common clothes and he went and massaged the Lord's legs in the garden after the Rathiatra and started quoting different beautiful passages and Lord Chaitanya actually blessed him at that point. I think he embraced him even. But the point is there. I mean, Lord Chaitanya, if he, he was such a strict sannyasi. 
He wouldn't even hear a woman singing. He would go jump in the river, in the water. But then at the same time, you see the story of him at the temple by the Garuda Stamba and the woman coming so anxious to see Lord Jagannath that she climbed up on, on his shoulder and he allowed her to do that. You know, so like Prabhupada says, it's not just women, it's being attracted to women in a certain mentality. So we just we just have to be on our guard. But there's hope. There's hope. Uh, the more we advance, the more we get out of this type of consciousness. So we're going forward. Our march towards the personality of Godhead, Prabhupada said. Yes, Mataji. So if we have some people who are very rich in the family and we're related to them, how do we, how do we connect with them uh, in our human form of life where we have a connection through sister, brother, you know, and they have rich, they have a lot of money, they've been graced by the Lord, you know. So how do we uh, maintain a relationship with them from this? How do we understand that, how we will follow? Well, I mean, look at Ambarish, uh, Prabhupada's disciple, Alfred Ford. He's extremely wealthy, but his consciousness is such that, you know, he goes to the temple like everybody else. He's he and his wife, and, you know, they're not, it's their consciousness that's different. So if the people that have the wealth have the wrong consciousness, then, you know, what to do? It's, I mean, how much can you associate with people that have an influentially wrong consciousness upon, you know, so that influences you. But at the same time, they're just souls in a situation and by your association um, and prashadam and hearing maybe the music of Krishna consciousness or hearing about the temple that's being built in India or, you know, whatever we can share, they, they benefit. It's not like they're an enemy. It's just that they're in a, a, a better financial situation and uh, don't know what to do with it because they're not advanced spiritually. I mean, I, I, I don't think they're to be shunned or anything. But... Uh, you know, I guess you just have to be careful of their influence on you. Thank you, Mataji. Thank you so much for the wonderful class and, uh, you know, reading the whole purport and Mataji reading the Sanskrit. And uh, it's like, you know, such portions, uh, such readings of purport like this, I really like them. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I really like them because, you know, they are so simple to understand and, uh, you know, and, and, and somehow it reminds us of our past, you know, where we wanted to, you know, wear so-and-so thing, we wanted to grow our nails, we wanted to, you know, look beautiful and in a subtle way we are actually attracting, you know, the opposite, uh, uh, opposite sex, but then it's only through the scripture that we realize, you know, how... We can just age as we are aging, 
you know. Mm-hmm. And actually, like I think you had mentioned in the class long time back, that uh, the old age is also a blessing. By old, I mean like when we reach our fifties, you know, I mean the skin is not same, hair is getting grey, and so it's a blessing because at least we know there is some, uh, uh, you know, we've been through the thing. We're not like young and lusty and all that. So right. in a way, yeah. So it's like a blessing. So everything in the material world comes in a dual way, you know. <laughs> Although we feel, oh, you know, our pictures don't come so nice nowadays, you know, we put on weight, our hair is grey, wrinkles, this, that. But at the same time, uh, it's a blessing also. Yes, I, I, when the first, <clears throat> the first week I was at the LA temple, I was in Hawaii, I'm from Hawaii, and uh, the temple president sent me to LA to get married. Not to anyone in particular, but just because there was a lot of men there and whatever. I wasn't interested myself somehow or other. But um, the first week I was there, nine men went to the temple president to ask to marry me. So so when you're in that kind of a situation, you, you I was always like running away, avoiding the association of the men. I just, you know, I always had my head covered. But there was some attraction about me that I wasn't uh, trying to have, but I just had naturally because of my youth. But now it's like my hair is gray, my face is all wrinkled, my skin is wrinkled, and, and it's kind of like, wow, yay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I can talk to anybody without, you know, Maybe I'm a little too bold, but I, I'll, you know, I'll talk to the, the swamis or, you know, because I'm so old now. So I feel comfortable and not, not alluring at all. So in a way, it was kind of a, a good thing for me. <laughs> also, Mataji, like, you know, when the, uh, I don't know, this is just a woman thing. Like when you set in with your menopause and stuff like that, you know, then you feel, I mean, uh, you know, it's, there's, uh, you reach a stage where it, it's depressing for some, like, you know, you can't have children and then you have these after effects, but at the same time you feel you're free. So, you know, it's not like, <laughs> I mean, you again, it adds on to uh, so much of relief, you know, every month you have your stuff like that. I'm sorry for the uh, Prabhuji's are there on the call, but for that also it adds like a lot of freedom to you, you know, in the sense not freedom to enjoy, but you know, you're not really worried uh, because sometimes I remember when uh, right from the beginning I was told by my parents that you be, be careful, you're a girl, you know, dress yeah. up properly because you can get pregnant and then what will happen, it's a very scary thing, especially yeah. after before marriage and I was so worried about getting pregnant before marriage, you know, although I did have a love marriage, but you know, I made sure the relationship started after marriage only. <laughs> right, right. I was very scared. I used to think that even if, you know, a person uh, will come close to me, I'll get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, you go through that phase and then uh, because the parents scare you, scare, because I didn't have a brother, my father and my mom and we had two sisters. Uh-huh. So my, my father didn't know how to train, you know. <laughs> right. He, so he would he would scare us that you know how men it is you can just get pregnant like that so what are your plans I said okay we are not have any boyfriend 
you know <laughs> <laughs> so it was that that scare was put into us and then finally when i got married within the first year i had my daughter i didn't find it a scare but then you know like yeah so i mean as you age again you know, then you go through those periods you know you have your monthlies and all and then at that age uh, in olden times you know how it was set like when you know uh, what i've heard is in india like uh, when the lady would be 50 by that time you know she would have uh, grandchildren mostly because you know she would get free and then you know the mother is going through all that uh, stuff and she can actually raise children because she has that energy now right otherwise you know you go through that uh, this thing but now it's like uh, younger children uh, you know i also have two daughters they don't want to get married so so it's like everything is getting delayed delayed and uh, so that's another thing in kaliyug like we talk about uh, you know like um, there are still some mataji who are like 40s and they are now getting married or 35 or end of 30s so you know they probably have one child and then they'll settle down and what about the their parents you know how much will they be able to enjoy because they are setting into old age and then of course there is situations where some parents look like grandparents because they had a very late child so it's like a you know odd situation as what we see now as compared to what we saw right so as we are progressing in kaliyug it's really getting bad i mean in a way and i'm saying this because propath said that girls should get married they should not stay single you know there less uh, there are more girls on the planet and le- less men so girls should have protection so from that angle but then you know it's hard and especially when you tell your children that you know get married to a devotee don't get married to a non devotee because then you'll be struggling another struggle will be there whether he'll be able to uh, support you or not so you know like that but uh, yes mata you just want to add some thoughts like that <laughs> hari krishna yeah it's a difficult time for sure definitely and but i think that's why prabhupad did things the way he did he he presented the highest knowing that if if he presents the highest at least people will try for that even with all these influences in this age at least they know where to reach for yes mata ji and uh, while talking to you i remembered one of the verses we just read about uh, i think uh, it was yesterday only sorry uh, like uh, about garbhadhan sanskar how important it is so probably yesterday class he didn't read the purport but i read that later because sometimes our speakers don't read the purport and then they start the class but then it's really good to read the purport you know so later on i was reading i was thinking and then i was uh, connecting into the class which prabhu ji gave and i was thinking that it, again like shri prabhupada said either you are like uh, it's either it's sense gratification or it is everything for krishna it's nothing in the middle or 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 you know both of each so it's like you know you get married and then you have that because otherwise if you're going to enjoy the sex life then where is krishna there's no krishna you know so it's so important to have these uh, samskaras uh, you know before the lady gets pregnant because their consciousness is like you know and then that attracts the baby that is going to be a devotee a krishna conscious so so much uh, and and that, that's why our uh, society's name is also international society of krishna consciousness you know every time a consciousness has to be like krishna uh, even for a young girl you know who's like of course has a physical sexual mental all kinds of desires but then she has to literally uh, 
put herself on the track of uh, you know Krishna consciousness so then she can uh, you know even have a child which is going to be Krishna conscious so it is amazing uh, just I was thinking over this and I was thinking if we discuss then I would like to add that because uh, and you know I know one couple um, uh, you know like Prabhupada is so much against divorce and all that so they did divorce, they are from India, they separated out, they stay very close by like 30 minutes distance. I happen to know the mother but not the husband. So now they have a son and daughter. So the son and daughter are constantly moving from, from mother and then they go to the father and then the father, mother. So you know, I mean, what is the point of divorce? What about those children? Those children will never ever want, uh, will understand a divorce because each of them is attached to both of them and right. they are literally uh, shuffling, she, my daughter has come, my son has come, my daughter has come. So I was just wondering, I mean, if they had followed Krishna consciousness, you know, left everything in the hands of Krishna, then what was the point of divorce, you know? Even if, like, there are some devotees, I know they live separately. You know, they can live separately or maybe in the same house. You can say, okay, I'm in this, uh, especially if you have like a split split plan, uh, single family home, then you can be in one bedroom, the other person can be in one bedroom and, you know, you can just do whatever you have to do. At least let the kids uh, not feel that separation. So I think for right. the, what do they say, uh, uh, hit, uh, in favor, sorry, in, uh, in order to favor the children, Srila Prabhupada so strongly said there's no divorce. <laughs> because where will the kids go? Yeah, no. So it's, very, it's, yeah, very deep yeah. teachings are there in Srila Prabhupada's. Uh, he is like gone really ahead. And, you know, through the books, we understand why exactly. Otherwise, they can say, why Davos? I'm not getting along this and that. But, you know, if you, you read Shila Prabhupada's books and you will understand that Prabhupada is looking at a big picture, just like Krishna did, big picture. And then he's seeing that, okay, you divorce together, but, you know, divorce out. What about the children? And if there are no children, then it is okay. Then it doesn't matter. You divorce or, you know, you whatever you do. But uh, some parents uh, even divorce with, with children and in Indians also here because they've completely adopted the Western culture, not even Western culture. Now it's also happening in India. There's so many uh, cases uh, because I happen to have a lawyer who's a, you know, she's a, like a attorney for the divorce, and it's amazing what all is happening in India. You know. Well, it's not a culture, first of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not a Definitely. It's a lack of culture. Lack of culture. Well, That's true. In America, because there's money here, and there's hmm. a opulent lifestyle. It's not that if there's culture here. There's no culture, and then and they're stepping down in their mm. their purity and their lifestyle, following the American way, but mm. it's definitely not a culture. Um, you made a comment. You said sometimes the people give the Srimad Bhagavatam class and they don't read the purport. Now, did you mean that there was no purport and they didn't? So they didn't. No, no, no. Like some of us speakers, we although I told them that just spend like 5-10 minutes because it might be one page, two page, one and a half page, you know. So, uh, but uh, they, uh, they don't read it. They just read the translation and they, are ready, they readily give the class. There but is a purpose. Still, they don't read it. You can't do that. Who's, whoever okay. said you could do that? Yeah. No one, no one said that, but they just do it. <laughs> so then, you know, I have to, when the class ends, I have to read the purpose because the speaker, the, our speaker of the day uh, didn't read it, you know. So. No, the purpose is... Very important. It's, uh, come on, they're Prabhupada's books. Yes. It's not, it's not, we're not here just reading the, the uh, translation of the verse. The purports mm -hmm. have 
always been read. It's part of class. Now, granted, if there's hmm. a, a four-page purport, hmm. you, know, you maybe can't read the whole thing. But hmm. at, but definitely, no one should. I mean, I would I would ask somebody like your spiritual master. I it's not, I've never heard of someone reading the text and and just giving the class without read Prabhupada's purports. That's yes. ne- never. It's just not right. I, I, it's not right. I mean, I would ask if you need some authorization to be able to tell your speakers, whoever does that, but uh, maybe find out who their, their spiritual master is and ask their spiritual master if they can give a Srimad Bhagavatam class without reading the purport. That's mm, a little, yes. a little and also, like, is it a must to also read word to word? Some, some. Like I know some devotees, they read the translation purport, but then they they don't uh, concentrate on the word to word. Well, if you listen to Prabhupada giving class, look on hmm. YouTube at Prabhupada giving class. Hmm. That's our standard. He set it up. This is his movement. Yes. You know, if someone wants to do whatever they want, they can do it somewhere else. But within Prabhupada's movement, and this is becoming a problem within our movement, people sometimes want to neglect, and that's why they had the, the Kirtan Standards class last night. You don't want to lose what Prabhupada has taught us, to think that, oh, well, we're devotees of Krishna, now we can do whatever we want, and forget about Prabhupada. I mean, Malati says it to me sometimes, you know, that people are forgetting who Prabhupada is. He is the he's the foundation of this movement. It's not just that he started it. He provided the guidance, the direction, the rules, the books, you know, and then told us what other books or things that could be done. You know, no one else is in that position. Even if they're a guru within our movement with 20,000 disciples, they're still following Prabhupada. Just you know, otherwise they maybe go start their own thing. Anyway, I that that's a little disturbing that someone would give a Bhagavatam class and not read Prabhupada's purports. I, I if I was you, I would look into that, and yes, uh, you know, give the authority of somebody else, like oh, whatever, Radha Swami, Jayadoita Swami, you know, it, they start the class and you say, oh, or or you tell them ahead of time, Prabhu. It's it's uh, mandatory to do the purport, so please do the purport. You know you Thank don't you. have to embarrass. Thank you for emphasizing that because I was not strong on it, but like you said today, and you're such a dear disciple of Srila Prabhupada, and coming from your mouth is like you know is like Prabhupada also instructing us. So I will make sure that I tell them to read it. You know. Absolutely. Because even our concentration comes on you know, and we recollect the uh, the previous day. Because we've been doing it like systematically study. So anyone who misses it, we feel, oh my God, the class is not complete or, you know, why didn't the person read? And even if it's long, sometimes we can have like a fast reader. Like we do that in our temple, like if there's a long purport of the Bhagavatam. So there is one Keshav Prabhu, young guy, he reads so fast that he's able to finish it. Four pages also. So we always put him to read, but we do read even long purports also we read. Well, as far as I'm concerned, even if the whole class is just the purport, what's more important? 
some conditioned soul who's just starting to endeavor for Krishna consciousness, what they have to say or what Prabhupada has to say. You know, I, I personally, if, if I had a really long purport, I would just read the purport and, and maybe make a few comments at the end. I would never leave Prabhupada's purport out so that I can speak. I mean, to me, that's a little arrogant. Okay, I must go. Thank you, everyone, very much. And uh, if anybody, I'm sorry, if anybody has any question, comment, maybe they can ask tomorrow or maybe Mataji uh, again. Uh, so next time, maybe next time, I mean, she'll come next month, but they can probably ask tomorrow's speaker. Just in case, uh, you know, I'm sorry I took time. So, Vancha Kalpatrubisha, Kripa Sindhu Evacha, Patitanam Pavani, Bio, Vaishnavi, Bio, Namo Namaha. Ananda Koti Vaishnavi, Vindaki Jai, Shri Prabhupada, Ki Jai.